Hello and welcome to the Wagtails podcast. My name is Megan Corcoran and I'm the director of the Wagtail Institute. In this podcast, I invite some pretty cool people to come and have a conversation with me on all things trauma, healing, education and well-being. I started this podcast as I realized some of the biggest learning that has happened in my career has been through meeting really great people that are working in the field and having great conversations with them. In this episode, I'm joined by Jay, who very bravely put up his hand to come in and record an episode at the very last minute. Jay has recently found there are benefits in sharing his story as he heals from trauma. Jay's really vulnerable in this episode, so we do talk about childhood trauma and we do talk about suicide. So this episode does come with a trigger warning. All right, welcome to the uh, sixth episode of the Wagtails podcast. Um, I'm excited to welcome my next guest, Jay, into the studio. Uh, Jay's a friend of mine and volunteered very last minute to come in and do a podcast episode, which is amazing. So Jay, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, um, who you are and yeah, why you've come in to, to chat today? Yeah, sweet. Um, I'm currently working construction, uh, spent some time in the Australian Defence Force, the Army, um, Armoured Corps, which is uh, one of your combat corps you got in the Army. That was a bit fi- about five years ago the other week, actually. So oh, wow. It comes, it comes pretty quick. Yep. Discharged, yeah, five years ago. Done about four and a bit years in. Mm-hmm. Um, joined essentially when I was oh, probably just turned 18. Oh, wow. So I was, I was, I was quite young. Um, always been into construction and, uh, yeah, gone back into it. Yep. After discharging from the army. Yeah, cool. Yep. So as you know, we on my um, podcast, we talk about things to do with like trauma and like yep. healing and well-being and things like that. And that's yep. what sort of drew you in today. So I was just wondering, um, did you want to tell us a little bit about maybe it's stuff that happened in the army or maybe it's childhood stuff, wherever you'd like to go? Yeah, sweet. Like I told you before, I guess I'll just start from early childhood and what crafted me into the man I am today. So, yeah. Um, I grew up in a sort of European household, mum's Maltese, dad's Hungarian. Yep. Um, um, we grew up in the Western suburbs, mm-hmm. have a sister and adopted brother. We adopted him when he was pretty much a newborn. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he got left at the hospital and we're always into child's childcare and yep. um, foster care. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, just kids coming in, newborns and us taking care of them and stuff. Um, yeah, so two siblings. Um, I guess starting from the start, I can't remember much of my childhood, but um, the the stuff I do remember is I don't know pretty pretty traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were together at the time; they divorced later in 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 my life. But um, yeah, just went through some stuff, a, a bit of violence um, with my mother. Um, not so much with my father; he never really laid a hand on us. He was quite a um, looking back at it, it was quite of a um, absent, emotionally absent father. I can't really remember any affection in that from him and that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, just the um, just a, f- a few beatings and that sort of stuff when we were quite young. Um, I took took the brunt of it. I'm the oldest mm-hmm. of us three. Um, and and yeah, so dealt with all that. Um, started misbehaving in school. I was about bad. to ask about school, like how school was going for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I was a bit of a shithead. Um, went to like six different schools. 
Um, around the age of, say, 13, um, I don't want to use that phrase, getting into the wrong crowd, but that's essentially what I've done. Um, it was optional. I, I chose to get in amongst that sort of stuff. But um, um, I wouldn't say gangs, but um, just doing a group of young kids doing bad sort of stuff. And I just turned to that, um, um, done some things. I mean, um, not necessarily drugs, but um, just being rowdy, like break-ins and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. And at that age, I thought it was, I thought it was normal. Yep. Um, tried to spend as much time as away from home as I could because um, just the time I did there was, was pretty fucking, it was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just started doing silly things. Um, got in trouble with the police quite a few times, but I feel like back then they're more tolerable to young people, mm. and I never got a never got a record. Mm-hmm. Got got put into the the cells quite a bit, but luckily never got a record. Yeah, which, so you never went to court. No, nah, I never yeah. went to court, which which helped me, you know, get into the army because that's something I always wanted to do. Mm. Always, sort of, that was my thing. Um, which was sort of a bad thing at the same time because I, I took the piss out of school on purpose because <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to join the army. Why do I need this? Yeah, you don't need to be smart to get in the army. Little did I know. Um, so yeah, just took the piss out of that, then just got expelled, expelled. Um, then turned to violence quite a bit, um, fighting, and that sort of stuff. And then around seventeen. Um, I was like, yeah, it's time to time to switch on, time to get in the army. I'm going to a school in Bendigo at the time. Actually, I'll back up before that. The reason why we were in Bendigo was my parents divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, they divorced probably 16, when I was 16. Yep. Um, I essentially caught my mum cheating on my dad. Um, um, and then it pretty much went downhill from there. I, I, I confronted her about it and then... Yeah, my life pretty much, or our lives pretty much just split from there. My dad mm. moved up to Queensland and really never heard from him again. Um, and then my mum became a single parent. She turned to drugs quite a bit as mm. well, prescription drugs. And um, and yeah, the other fa- family just didn't really want to know about it. I don't know if it's a European thing, it feels that way, but um, yeah, they just didn't want to know about it. Then... Um, we moved to Bendigo because she found um, a new partner. Um, he turned out he was he was in the army as well back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, he um, she didn't really make a good choice with this one, but we they got together, moved up to Bendigo on a small little farm. So me, and my siblings, his son, and my mum, uh, my mum and him, um, and he turned out to be just. Um, just to fuck with, just violent, as violent as you as you get. Really, mm. got a got a bit in, big into drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, we're on a farm, so you couldn't get away we, from it. We couldn't get away from it. Mm. Um, and I just hated him. I was a young man. I couldn't do much, and him just beating on us mm. and just the verbal shit. I couldn't do anything, and I felt helpless. Um, and yeah, at the time, like I just wanted to kill him. Like I was just going through my head, drinking. Do you think you'll get away with it in the courts if you explain to them what they're doing and mm. just had a plan and I need I had nothing. Um and then they they split up. She um she made some 
some other bad choices. I remember that girl, her name was Jill, and I think it starts with M. She got raped. And mm, the one in Brunswick? Yeah, yeah, a week before that guy had done that, my mum went on a date with him. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I don't know about her choices, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was pretty tough. That went on for about a year with that guy mm-hmm. at, in the farm in Mendigo. Um, and then I said, yeah, all right, it's time to join the army, so... Um, done all the things I needed to do, um, went to DFR, which is Defense Recruiting Agency, mm-hmm. done my aptitude test, done all the physical tests, um, and I didn't prepare at all. The only preparation I'd done was sort of physical. Mm-hmm. I lost like 30 kilos in in, uh, in a couple months just eating. Really? Yeah, I, all I ate for about 10 months Believe it or not, it was wheat picks and honey. Oh wow! That's all I ate, I did for, <laughs> for a whole ten months. Yeah, and it, but it worked. But yeah, and I got used to it. But wow, yeah, I was a big boy, so I knew I knew I had to get, yeah. get fit pretty quick. To, That's some pretty crazy self control, though. Yeah, like, I don't know how because food it. is such a good thing. <laughs> so yeah. to limit it to one type of food for yeah. ten months. Yeah, and I remember yeah. um after about ten months, I had KFC as a cheat meal and. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, it felt sick. Yeah, big time. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so physically I, I got prepared for it and that sort of stuff. But um, like I said at school, I just took the piss because how hard is getting into the army, especially a combat role? You just you just hold a gun mm-hmm. and and shoot. Anyway, that's what the movie <laughs> style, yeah? Yeah. Um, and then I'd done the aptitude test and I failed. I didn't get what I wanted. Mm. And this was about 17. Mm-hmm. So I think in the army you can join at 17 and 17. You just can't go into combat until you're 18. Okay, yep. Um, you can train because training takes a while. But yeah, I failed my aptitude test and that was just a kick in the guts. And and I just I just felt I, like I failed myself. So I, I kicked around for a little bit and beat myself up. And I said, all right, fucking get back on your horse and get back into it. So done all the preparation that it took. And I've already done it once, so I should know what I'm doing. Done that, waited about, you got to wait six months. So I waited six months, done some construction stuff before then. I doubted myself big time. And that's just, that was my dream. Like just the army, that was it. If I wasn't doing that, I wasn't doing anything else. So, um, so yeah, went back, um, passed it, got, got pretty much all the jobs. So I was wrapped. And then you pick preferences, preferences, sorry. So you pick three of them just in case they're full. So I picked, um, I picked them. All pretty much combat corps. You got, had infantry, armored corps, and artillery. So they seem pretty cool mm-hmm. um, on the website and the movies anyway. But <laughs> we'll get into that later. So, um, yeah, got in. Got my enlistment date, which is, was the 4th of June, 2014, I think. So, yep. yeah, got on the bus and done all that stuff. It, that part is pretty much like the movies, the yelling and shit. So, yep. got got... Got um got on the bus and went to Kapuka and basic training is three months. Everyone mm-hmm. does basic training, um, regardless of what role you're doing. Mm-hmm. So got there, just complete culture shock. Mm. Culture shock, but um, but I loved it. I absolutely fucking loved it. Um, shit times, obviously, but I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, fast forward, done twelve months of training, um, in Victoria. Um, pretty intense training, no weekends and that sort of stuff. Mm. Got my posting to Adelaide, Adelaide for a little bit. Um, had my son, my beautiful, my beautiful little boy. He's eight years old now, so I had him pretty young. I had him when I was twenty-one mm-hmm. um, with my partner at the time. Um, so had him, 
Um, I was in I was in Adelaide. I'll give you a bit of a story. I was in Adelaide. Uh, when you first join your unit, you're pretty much just shit on. Um, there's all sorts of names for it. But um, as soon as I got there, I'm like, my partner has a due date. We couldn't move. She was heavily pregnant. Couldn't mm. move him, move her up to the to Adelaide at the time. My posting, and they just pretty much didn't give a fuck. Typical, mm. typical army. Mm-hmm. It's pretty toxic. It's very toxic in that way, actually. Hugely yep. toxic. Um, and they were like, all right. And then went out on exercise. So in the bush, you don't have your phone. All just fucking in the middle of nowhere oh, wow. in Adelaide. And then um, I made friends with uh, these senior guys. And they found out and they're like, no, nah, we're not fucking having that. So what, what they'd done was I got my partner at the time, I got a hold of her saying, Texas number, say you're in labor. Texas were one of the senior boys. And the senior boys showed one of the officers and they're like, oh, fuck, all right, we're going to get him. So they pretty much flew me straight there. Um, and then I got to Melbourne and my partner picked me up from the airport. I'm like, fuck, what do I do now? She's she's not in labor. Hopefully she does. So that night her water broke. So oh, wow. That is so lucky. Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah. And, um, went on to, to parental leave and that sort of stuff. I had Chester um, and then got back to my unit fit in, loved it, and that sort of stuff. And then moved around state to state, went overseas and that sort of stuff, and um, and yeah, discharged um, recently. Mm-hmm. Not recently, five years ago. But um, yeah, like I was saying before, um, just the toxicity mm. in the army. You do a four-year contract, and you take 20 guys out after their four years, probably one of them staying in oh really just, yeah it's oh wow the the um what's that word retention rate is mm. just fucking terrible wow i didn't know that they they just eat their own young they're mm. terrible which hurts them in the long run and they and they sit back and they ask why mm. and then yeah yeah you, what, what kind of things make it so toxic oh just um just how your your seniors so there's obviously a huge hierarchy in the army it, there's a saying that shit rolls downhill and it absolutely does in the army like mm. um, you just get treated like shit um, yeah they really use you as a stepping stone to to um, bring their rank up and that sort of stuff yeah but um it's obviously as you can imagine hyper masculine as mm. well mm-hmm. so the whole talking about like this sort of stuff wouldn't really fly there and you'd be almost Will you very much be blacklisted and, and seen as a different person? Yeah, wow. You know? Yeah. So well-being's just not a, <laughs> no, <laughs> not a topic. Yeah. They, they, you do PowerPoints and they pretend like they oh, care. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. It's you not get, part of the culture, though. Nah, yeah. fuck no. Yeah. You know, you, one of the boys um, committed suicide in his, in his um, like, living area. And you just, you just don't talk about it. Mm. You just don't want to be part of it. Because mm-hmm. you become undeployable. You, um... Yeah, you're blacklisted from what you've been training super fucking hard to do. Mm. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So everyone just sort of has a tough exterior, like oh, pretending to abs- be. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And the one that doesn't is the black sheep and mm. gets shunned. Mm. You know, they yeah. have, and they, they have um, padres, so pretty much priests that are in the army. I'm not sure if they have them anymore, but um, they were notorious and they'd you'd go and talk to them if you had trouble. And surprisingly, they would, they would, just snitch behind your back to to the rank and there was no 
privacy and, and oh, they wow. would fuck you over. So no one, everyone started, didn't talk to them. Yeah. And we started going to Fair Work Australia and they didn't like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just hyper, hyper masculine. As you can imagine, I mean, you have to be, I see it. Mm. You're war fighters, mm. you know, you're war fighters first and, um, yeah, retention rate sucks. Yeah. So it obviously wasn't the dream that you sort of had as a kid. No, absolutely not. You yeah. notice that straight away. You watch movies and you're like, oh, shit, this isn't like the movies. I'm doing silly shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, like cleaning weapons or sweep or hosing concrete all day and stuff. But you have your fun yeah. times. Yeah. But it's definitely not what they want you to be. Mm. Otherwise, I want you to believe. Yeah, to yeah. Be, but no one would join otherwise. Yeah, for sure. But no, I definitely don't regret it. Yeah. Um, and at that young age, it teaches you values and mm. to become a grown-up really quickly yeah because you were sort of Simply. mentioning you really love the training period of it as well especially after like sort of the living situation you'd had prior yeah yeah that helped that got me out of it yeah um and violence i always saw violence as my thing and you know being a soldier there's violence in it but it's very um it's concentrated in a certain way um professionally almost if you would Mm. but um but yeah it was fun it was yeah. fun I, I, I definitely don't regret it and it turned me into the person i am today one of probably one of the best things i've done in my life but but yeah like i said quite a high performance slash toxic yeah environment you know mm. and it's funny because you know the same guys i was in the army with as soon as we got out um we started you can talk about feelings now Mm. Like I'll still talk to him today about. Also, oh, like you guys catch up now and now you yeah, talk about I, it that, that you've work, left. Yeah. yeah, I work with some of the guys that yeah. I, I went through my whole career with, which is yeah. cool. I see him every day. Yeah. But you know now you can open up and talk to him about it. Mm, that's cool. And you know yeah. you can you can be the hardest warfighter around and mm. gunslinger, but but you know at the time you just let to believe it's weak. Mm. But fucking, it's the opposite now. Mm. I feel like I feel like if you can if you can talk about that sort of stuff, um, and then you're in control. Yeah, I love know? that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, you know, how have you gone about building your life since leaving? Um, so since leaving, there's a huge there's a huge issue with um, lack of sense of identity and stuff when you leave. Mm. Um, huge and a lot of some guys just roll into civilian life take the uniform off and just are happy and happy days and that sort of stuff you get some I know me was just fucking terrible the army was my thing and um, I felt like I, sh- I struggled with mental health um, quite a while before that um, and just leaving mm. um, was just terrible Mm-hmm. Later in my life, I got diagnosed with BPD, and part of that is um, is is um, lack of sense of self. Mm-hmm. And I was a soldier, and one day now I'm not. Yeah. So I think that, that had a big part of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, left. Um. My relationship. St- oh, my relationship was pretty much breaking down. Um. With my son's mother at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. While I was in the army, and I can tell you, there's nothing that hurts more than having an unsettled relationship while you're in the middle of nowhere, mm. charging your phone on a tank, just staring at it, staring at it when you're having an argument mm. it, and you can't leave. You'll be AWOL, you'll be locked up. You cannot leave. You just need to wait. 
Yeah. I hope they're still there when you get back. Mm. And then um, it turned out one day they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, just pretty much packed up and left um, and went to Melbourne. And as you can imagine, it's hard for them too. Yeah. We're away six months of the year. Yeah. And it just causes absolute, absolute shit, you know. Mm. But, um, but yeah, got out and oh, it just fucking hit me. I, I, what qualifications do I have? You mm. know, I had mates that that went at the same time I joined the army, started apprenticeships, and now they're fully qualified mm. and are pretty much starting again. Yeah. You know, no, you're not pretty, you're not very um horrible after that, employable, but um, yeah, got out. Um, shit just just kept getting worse and worse, and t- couldn't see my son. Um, um, then turned to violence again, just doing t- silly stuff. Um, I guess I'm lucky I got away with some of the stuff that I done, but um, yeah, then then turned to drugs a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like my whole life caught up with me, and my mum was was still bad at this point mm-hmm. into the drugs and just the fucking abuse and 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 that sort of shit. Um, and then. Um, had a had a job that I didn't quite like. I um, thought about getting back in the army, but the army as well. You just receive injuries, um, as you can imagine, just really physical. Yeah, physical, like all day long. Yeah, yeah. so that plays a big part in it as well. My mm. knees don't fucking work and mm. and that sort of stuff, you know. You, yeah. Um, and then so that's you struggle with that as well. And once you're out and you're injured, you can't go back in. Mm. You want to go back into your safe space, but you can't. Yeah. And you don't want to because you knew how shit it was when you were in there. Yeah, so but it's, it's just, like the familiar. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's just yeah. a battle. Mm. Um, yeah, had some shitty job, um, couch surfing a little bit, mm-hmm. sleeping in the car, um, just trying to battle to see my son, mm-hmm. who I love more than anyone on this earth. And um, and then, yeah, just got too much. Um, and then about a few months after the army, um, I just pretty much went on a drug-filled rampage, doing silly things. Um, ended up in court. Um, got got a bit of a punish, punishment for that. Um, and I just did, had no hope. I had no hope. And then, um, yeah, the drugs kept, drugs kept getting worse. Um, and I've always sort of had a had a had a strange relationship with suicide. Um, it's sort of um, it was my comfort sort of thing. Well, like just knowing it was there. Yeah, just knowing yeah. it was an option. Mm. Um, you just there was some comforting in the fact that you do something and it just stops. Mm. Um, it just stops, and so yeah, I tried to I tried to overdosing on just everything I could get my hands on. Really, um, I don't remember much of it, um, probably because of the drugs or mm. or the trauma apparently or, or whatever, yeah. but. Um, woke up at the Royal Melbourne um, and got sectioned mm-hmm. to the John Cade Centre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was about. I was there for about a month. Um, I remember bits of it just because I remember going to the kiosk every opportunity I get and just asking for as much drugs as I can. Oh wow! Yeah. And strangely, they done it. Mm. Um, probably just to keep us docile and sort of stuff. But um, I can remember just being there. And just feeling all every responsibility in my life is just on pause, mm. so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of help and that sort of stuff, I remember just as soon as I got there, I just sat in front of a board of 
doctors and that sort of stuff and and they talked to me for about 10 minutes and diagnosed me with BPD which later in my life um, um, turns out I probably don't have it just have a bit of trauma and that sort of mm. stuff but I think it's funny how they just talked to me for 10 minutes and, and diagnosed you straight away yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie you like when you do look at the symptoms and it mm-hmm. rings true some of it but mm-hmm. you know I just recently found out that or talked been talking to a psychiatrist for quite a while yeah um, not just 10 minutes and mm. they essentially said um, yeah I don't think it's a thing which was a huge relief because mm. you know yeah but um but yeah so was there for about a month don't remember much of it um, got out didn't really hear from my family um, moved in to my father's house. So I reached out to him, um, paying rent at his house um, near my son so I could see him. Yeah. So your dad was back from Queensland? No, he, st- he still lives there to this day. He's yep. got a family up there, so that sort of stuff. But I reached yep. out and it was convenient for him because um, he just had someone move out. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I moved into there. Um and then, yeah, tries to start again. Mm-hmm. I was heavily medicated at that point too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I just ended up abusing it, just um, just abusing it, just getting that euphoric sort of feeling and trying to just, you're just a zombie. Mm. So I'd take a whole blister pack a day and I'd go back to the chemist and try and get more and they caught on mm. and then didn't give me any and then got other illicit drugs and that sort of stuff. Just because, I mean, why does anyone take drugs so mm. you know you don't you don't feel like yourself yeah it's usually to avoid pain or, yeah, yeah you're trying to escape That's, yeah exactly it's essentially the same as alcohol and that sort yeah 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 um yeah just abuse that mm. and then just zombie through life um got better for a little bit think i started to see my son um went through some bad relationship um situations um and then Fast forward a few years, I moved into my grandparents, um, and then she just started getting bad again. Um, tried a second time. Um, I was found luckily by by my grandfather. He called. Um, he called an ambulance. I don't remember this as well. Mm-hmm. Drugs weren't involved in this one as well, so I'm I'm just thinking it was probably a traumatic mm-hmm. block. Yeah, yeah, that can definitely happen. I think yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this time I ended up in the Sunshine Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and before that I, um, talked to an agency that got into, um, veterans sort of wellbeing mm. and, and, um, that sort of stuff. But you'll find a lot of them, um, will happily take the, um, government grant that you get for being a veterans charity, but don't give a fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, tried to sort that out, but they couldn't really do anything. It was nice to help. To talk to um, someone, um, but yeah, that's all it was really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else I expected. Mm. Um, it was hard for me to reach out and find help. Yeah. You know, um, whether that be because of my upbringing or my career in the army and that sort of stuff, but I finally did. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, stuff got bad. Um, second time was in Sunshine Hospital. Um, they got sort of a wing for. Um, mental stays as well so i was there for a little bit um received an injury so um was there for a little bit for that too um i remember more of that one i remember more of that one um um yeah got out um my family pretty much didn't 
I knew I was there, but um, didn't really offer me support at the time. And which, looking back at it, that's probably one of the most hurtful things. Mm, that's a pretty hard period of time, yeah, for sure. It sucked, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like not hearing from my dad, and at that point, I started really realizing I wish I, I had a dad I can call up like I want to be to my son mm. or like a friend and just, just talk shit and just, yeah. and just have that. Yeah. But I just couldn't mm. cause it's just cause he's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, got out of, got out of that one. Um, just trying to remember it was all the blur. Got out of there, um, landed a pretty good job. Um, yeah, became, became happy. And, um, since then, um, yeah, like I said, seeing a, a psychiatrist for more than I've ever seen, um, you really, things click in your head mm. is why, mm-hmm. you, you know, you feel certain ways and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I've got a good job now, happy. Um, I love my partner, so um, she helps me quite a bit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, see my son. And I think, yeah, I've settled down quite a little bit now. Yeah. Um, um but yeah what like what what sort of helped you with that have you had good strategies or things that you've applied mm -hmm. so in terms of strategies um i'm a big believer in movement as medicine Mm, i think i think (laughs) um conor mcgregor said it one time it's cheesy but yeah it's pretty fucking true you don't Mm. move you know you don't go to the gym or exercise for a little bit yeah you just feel shit Mm. whether that's a self-image problem and that sort of stuff but um, yeah, movement is medicine. In the army, you, you wake up and you train, you do PT, yep. pretty grilly stuff. So, um, so yeah, that was the that was the sort of routine there. Yeah. Um, um, let it go for a little bit, and I feel like that's when shit started to mm-hmm. go wrong. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's like really important to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Um, found fighting, boxing too. I love love yeah. my boxing. I was like curious about that because you mentioned like violence being a part of your life at certain times. Is this like a way for you to channel it Um, or is it a different thing? Oh, I think it's just a different thing. Yeah. Um, I don't see myself as violent anymore. Yeah. um, Ever since I left the army. But um, I think it's just a coincidence that Mm. it's inherently a a violent sport. I know. I find it really funny because a lot of people talk about boxing like it's a really violent thing or you have to be violent to do it. Whereas I feel almost the opposite about it. You have to be so controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Like you kind of can't go in angry or you can't go in with violent intent. You have to actually be really controlled and self-disciplined. Definitely. Definitely. But um, but yeah, like I said, movement is medicine. Yeah. Um, But in terms of finding other, other stuff. I feel like because of my career, I just, I was trained not to. So mm. I really tried hard not to fucking, not to go and see someone or talk someone mm. and talk to someone and that sort of stuff. Only now really, and I'm 28, Yeah, I started to, to talk to someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, movement. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, well, that's cool though. I think it's a, like it's a powerful thing if that's been like the main thing to really help you as well. It so is, do you do yeah. it every day? Like, is it something uh, that you? I try to, but just because yeah. of work and that sort of stuff. Yeah, of course. But I'm yeah. just, I feel like I'm on a journey, just finding other tools to help me with this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, recently, um, the psychiatrist gave me a, a bit of a, a bit of a tool um, in terms of. Um, oh, in layman's sort of, you got your planes, you got your negative plane. Um, neutral plane and your oh, I can't remember what that was um, 
just your normal plane or positive plane it was, sorry. Yeah. Um, and she explained it like this. Essentially, you, you know, you have a bad thought about something and, you know, just as well as I do, we just think about shit constantly mm, and mm-hmm. and it's a negative plane. And if you don't get off that negative plane, it's going to crash. You know exactly where that negative plane is going. Yeah. So you got to try your hardest to get off there yeah. by any means necessary, whether that be think of a positive plane. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty cheesy and, and, um, and simple, but um, I feel like the simple things work. So, yeah, you get off that negative plane, which any means necessary because you're going to crash you know you're going to crash yeah and it's not going to work out terrible it's going to work out just shit for everyone so if you can't get the positive plane get to the neutral plane you know yeah um and just be neutral about things and that way you can you can openly talk about it and stuff but yeah that helps me quite a bit i just need to concentrate Mm. on on one sort of tool at the same time and master that yeah or try to anyway i actually really like that i think that's a really powerful thing because i think we all like obsess over negative thoughts like that's the one like we'll go down for a really long time yeah i think like pausing yourself and be like get off the plane yeah (laughs) yeah you just be at work and the environment at work you're just in that fucking tunnel Mm. which and it's just terrible when you just think about bad shit Mm -hmm. and and yeah, you, it, I mean, it, it might take fucking two hours to get off that plane, but you just need to get off it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, whether that be self-soothing and stuff. But mm. but yeah, and and um, I feel like um, you just train yourself to keep doing it and it'll get, it'll get easier over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just try and move away from that tendency of thinking of quite horrific things like suicide that was... Um, sort of like a, a mechanism for me to soothe myself and mm, mm-hmm. I remember just sitting in bed when stuff were bad and I was I'd think about it and I'd sort of get a euphoric feeling mm, yeah and I guess I kept using that yeah as a way to get off this plane which is yeah extremely unhealthy and I see that now so yeah um yeah yeah that's cool. I actually really think that that's such a powerful strategy. So yeah, thanks for sharing works. that one as well. Okay. And I'm curious about your parenting as well, because I know obviously you didn't have mm-hmm. the childhood you wanted to have. Yeah. Um, so how does that sort of inform you with being a dad? Yeah, I think, well? it, I think it's extremely positive. Yeah. Um, simply I know what not to do, mm. really. Yeah. I want to be the man and the father that to, to my son that um, I didn't receive, you know. Mm. So, um, so... Yeah, I heard a quote the other day. It was, um, "Be the man um, you want your your son to to be." Yeah, I think that was really sure. I'm not a big quote person, that sort of stuff, but you yeah. know, you hear a few and it and it rings pretty true to you. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just want him to be a gentleman, really. Mm. Obviously, you want nothing but the best for your child. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I. Seeing how I parent now, mm. especially this generation parents, um, you look back at the the physical abuse and sort of stuff, and just and just shake your head at, head at it. It's unnecessary. Mm. Whether they thought it was necessary at the start, mm. you know, you you hear about the smacks and, yeah. and that sort yeah. of stuff. But my mother took it um, um, quite extreme. Um, but but yeah, it positively positively impacts. Yeah, my parenting, I think. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any adults at all that like were a good influence on you when you were growing up? So like outside of your family? Um, or? Oh, I, I don't know. No one stands I would, out. <laughs> not really. No, yeah. I would. I would tend to um, um, 
look at movies and that sort of stuff as a yeah, kid. And yeah, so you found like your own mentors essentially. Yeah, yeah. definitely like yeah. Um, especially army movies and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or you hear about, um, you know, um, soldiers receiving medals and I'd see them and look at magazines and, mm. and mentor them and find out as much information as I could about them. But yeah, I couldn't really say I had a mentor. Yeah. Would have helped, sure it would have helped. Yeah. It would help anyone, yep. but... Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you obviously found so much discipline to like, you know, get yourself where you wanted to go and get yourself out of the environment, get yourself into the army, lose all that weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, you obviously had that real driving help. force, that real determination in you anyway, though. Yeah. 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 No, it was good. Yeah. Would you have any tips for anyone else who might be going through what, like some of the stuff you went through? Um, like even just, you know, with those suicidal thoughts or anything? Um, I'm not too sure. I'd say, uh, I'd say, you know, if you're using it as, as a coping mechanism, it's just dangerous. It's not going to turn out very well. Yeah. I just need to steer away from that. Whether, whether you learn the hard way and, and, you know, receive a traumatic experience from that Mm. and then learn, Mm. um, yeah, you just need to stay away from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the thing that as much as you want to do it, when you really do it, the first thing that comes to your head is regret. Yeah, like you Instantly. don't really want to do it. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's often the case where it's not so much that you actually really want to die, you just want to stop suffering, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, it's more like let's solve the suffering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just a means to an end. But yeah. you regret it instantly. Mm. Instantly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you lived to know that and to tell that tale as well. Me too, me too. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting close to the end of the time. Um, And what I always do is I ask the same five questions to each guest to like close off just Mm -hmm. to sort of have like something something familiar. But the first question you've already like really talked about, I think, Mm -hmm. because the first one was what did you want to be as a a kid? Was there anything else other than army? No, that was it. I I remember as a kid, as... um, uh, probably year six. I wanted to be either the prime minister, <laughs> yep. or an actor. Yeah, but yeah, always army. Yeah, prime minister's a funny one. Yeah, it is. It's Did you good. just want to like make all the decisions? For I the don't country? know. It just seemed cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot of hard work, so I'm glad I stayed away from that. Yeah, so. that would be my least favorite job, I think. Mm, now, <laughs> um, second question is: What are your two top values? Um, values. I wouldn't know. I don't know if you'd class. Um, or how you would class um, protectiveness mm-hmm. um, as a value. Yeah. I think that was a big part of me joining the army as well as... I've, Wanting to be able to protect. Yeah, yeah, I just want to protect the innocence. Yeah, Because yeah. I have this fucking drive mm. and I just need it to function just to protect people. Mm. It's just yeah. always been a thing. Yeah. Um, especially uh, when I was 17, just before the army, I, I went to Papua New Guinea um on a charity thing mm-hmm. um we went to a super remote village and and build them a school and i pretty much do that every year whether yep. it's a school or a pig farm and that sort of stuff and that really enhanced it and just seeing these kids mm. um but um yeah just i needed to function i need to protect yeah yep it's an interesting one it's almost like you want to protect children like you want to like yeah. childhood is like really important yeah it's funny yeah. you say that because yeah. um i think it just jerried for you too because recently i was talking to my psychiatrist and she said you know there's a reason why you want to mm. want to protect kids yeah and then it was just like 
um, it just I just jerried and I was like, mm. shit, you're right. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's why. Yeah. Yep. So that right to have a childhood, a safe childhood. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just have an obsession with it, just mm. protecting. Yeah. People that can't protect themselves, really. Yeah. Yeah. And what would be your second one? Second value. Um, 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 um. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this one. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say, um, just respect. Yeah. Basic one. Everyone says it, but. Um, yeah, just, you need to respect people. Yeah. I just, yeah, just no matter what, just respect them. Yeah. I like that one as well. It comes up a lot. Does it? I'm sure yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, the third question, you may already have an answer to this one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you've had boxing fights or if you're going to have one mm-hmm. where there was a walkout song, what would be walkout your walkout song? song? All right. This is a good one. <laughs> I think about this daily. Actually. Yeah, that's I know. Cool. Most boxers do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it used to be, so I've had, um, um, it's a dubstep one. I hate dubstep, but this one's sick. <laughs> Skrillex and the game is like a rapper. It's yeah. called El Chapo. Yeah. Um, yeah it's I just, think I know the one. <laughs> it, it just gets yeah. the dopamine going and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or Pop Smoke, one of them. One oh, of the games yeah. Rappers. Yeah, Pop Smoke's a common one too. Yeah. 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 That was a good question. It is a good know. question. It's, it's fun to ask people that don't box. Like, I feel like they always get a bit thrown by that question. But. True. Um, the fourth question is if you could collaborate with anyone, like if you could do some work with anyone that you idolize or whoever it might be, dead yep. or alive, who would okay. it be? Okay. Oh, all right. All right. It would be, it would be, um, oh, that is hard. Um, dead or alive. Yep. Anyone. So that probably makes it harder. <laughs> it's like a list of anyone you've ever thought of. Um, I would collaborate with um, I would collaborate with um, the um, the um, the minister for Department of Veterans Affairs. Oh, yeah. That's a good answer. I can yeah. see where that's coming from. Yeah, I would collaborate yeah, with Make him. some change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that. Big time. Yeah. And the last question, you may want to draw on something you've already said, I don't know, but it's um, if you could make one recommendation that everyone could take as a step towards healing, what would it be? Um, recommendation. Um, peace. You, mm. you need peace. Mm. You need peace in your life. Yeah. Um, in all aspects of it. Yeah. Because it's just poison, really. Mm. There's no need to, to be, you know, not peaceful in your life. And once you're peaceful about most things... It's just a fucking weight off your, so- off your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. I feel like it's something I drive towards all the it time as well. Yeah. Just peace in all yeah. aspects. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. some, you know, and sometimes it's hard to, to be the peaceful one mm. um, in certain, mm. certain situations, but you just feel so good. Yeah. It just feels good in your body, really. You know? Yeah, it does. And then I feel like it's a snowball effect. It's like everything oh, else starts to become sure. peaceful as well. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're just not as like drawn to drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jay. That was like very solid answers right there. But I'm also so grateful because I know that you just shared a lot and that was a very vulnerable story to to share too. So thanks for having me. I feel like it was really impactful to hear all of that. Sweet. Thank you so much. If you or someone you care about is struggling with their mental health, please do reach out and get help. We highly recommend calling Beyond Blue on 1300 867 888 or contacting Lifeline on 13 11 11.
1-4. Thank you, wonderful listeners, for making it right to the end of the podcast. We appreciate you. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe, give us a rating. We'll be dropping a new episode roughly once per fortnight, so you can stay tuned for the next one. Thank you.